This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast and two games in a week, so much football, we're so excited, we're so lucky to have seen so much fabulous football this week, well not so fabulous actually, Saturday wasn't great, losing 3-1 to Derby but Tuesday we turned the tables with a lovely 3-0 win over Wolves and I know the Beast fans around the table here are very delighted because we were a little bit nervous that things weren't going according to plan. We're on tour again. This time we've come probably as far away almost from Griffin Park as we could do. This is the North London podcast. We've come all the way to North London to the Elephant Pub in North Finchley. You know what I'm saying? Which is literally, if you turn left out here and you walk for about two or three miles, we're in Underhill, Barnet, which uh, it doesn't exist anymore for uh, Barnet fans, unfortunately. But yes, North Finchley, the Elephant Pub, nice little boozer, actually. Been there only a couple of times, but uh, yeah, they've been taking care of us. Treating us very nicely. A couple of pints of pride. A couple of... He's, Greville's drinking. I don't know what he's drinking. Some sort of kind of cognac or something like, you know. Got a cough, Greb. Yeah, I'm, driving. <laughs> I'm driving. so I thought I'll just, you know... Enjoy, that's right. Brandy and cigars. The old bill away outside for you. <laughs> but anyway, listen, this is the this is the Pride of West London podcast. And I've got the characters in the house here. Um, to the left of me, there's the cognac man, the, the, the brandy man, Mr. Greville Waterman. How are you doing, Greville? I'm fine. And welcome to God's own country of North London. I love it here. Welcome. I live here as well, actually. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, listen, what's, what's been going on this week? What's, well, what's your fancy or anything well, at all? Well, yes. Looking at uh, an extreme example of plagiarism as Manchester United copy a Mitterland who copied a Brentford free kick to score at Shrewsbury on Monday night. You know, the one where they form their own wall. The one where when we hit it, it goes 50 yards over the bar. When United do it, they put it in the top corner. But, as I said, imitation and flattery. Indeed, and it said, you know, because we're all the big same happy family, maybe they've been actually looking at the, the Midland videos, you know. And the, <laughs> indeed. So, Nick Cartu, Liberal Nick today, um, I, I didn't notice you on the, the party political broadcast this, uh, this evening. Is that because you were coming up to the podcast instead? Yeah, exactly, Bill. I was on my way, on my way up north because this is my staging point, you know, for my next journey north up to Rotherham on Saturday. So I thought I'd hang out here tonight, you know, and then probably Lincoln tomorrow night and somewhere else further north on the Friday night before hitting the delight. Lights of Rotherham on Saturday morning, yeah. Can't wait, can't wait. Yeah. And, and, and apparently on Saturday as well. I mean, last year we went to Rotherham and it was quite interesting because we were having a nice pan and we looked out the window and there's about sort of 
100 National Front people who had just sort of got to penned us into the pub. I, I, uh, I heard there was a black man in the pub. And, and, <laughs> yes, that's right. And, uh, and, 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 and an Asian guy. He's been, he was Punjabi, but they, they didn't know the difference between one and the other, so they just still started pelting things at us anyway. It was, uh, it was lovely. Afternoon, wasn't it? It was. It was. It was one of the more memorable occasions of following Brentford away. It's like, going, it's like watching a documentary, isn't it? Going to Rotherham. It's just like being part of, part of, yeah, part of a, like a Channel Four documentary. <laughs> yeah, and we're not saying as well. Just, just to clarify that everybody, because we know a lot of nice Rotherham people, a lot of cool Rotherham people and stuff. So, which is all good. Well, you know, maybe yourself, but I know, you know, and we're going to speak to Chris Saxon as well, the Axel Miller later. Lovely guy, nice guy, a lot of, lot of good people from that area as well. It's just that, unfortunately, that day uh, some of the not-so-nice people came out. But, you know, we, we'll put that beside us, and hopefully the same thing won't happen this Saturday. But anyway, what's been going on in your life? Yeah, being be, 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 uh, dominated by football, looking forward to... Uh seeing um, Michelin play tomorrow night because I thought they put in a really good performance last week um, and I got special requests tonight from somebody to mention Michelin and the excellent performance that they put in against Man United <laughs> and so what they will do on Thursday night, who knows is it going to be the end of Louis van Gaal's reign tune in to BT Sport at 8 o'clock tomorrow night, I think it is, isn't it Thursday night for those of you listening late in the week You're not going? Nick's been sponsored I, by ITV Sport I, I hear <laughs> Well, ITV Sport, Dave <laughs> your age, it's BT Sport, whom they still don't pay me enough money so I won't be sponsoring them for that, for that bit, no I can't this is, this is, this is my the North Barnet and uh, Rotherham are my northern outposts this week. I not hear that. Mr Lane, how, how is one this week? One is very good now, actually. A, a victory has really done me the world of good. It was, uh, it was the shot in the arm I needed just when I didn't think um, we were going to score again this season, just when it, it seemed like we were going to be looking over our shoulders. Um, I feel a lot better. Waking up this morning, it seemed the world was a better place, mate. Um, I even just chuckled through all of the politicians arguing about Brexit. I I knew that Brentford had had three points and I was all right. And you're looking all right and fine fine and rosy as well, actually. It's a bit warm in here, it has to be said. We've got Darren, DC The Bee, in the house. How you doing, my mate? I'm very well, thank you, thank you, Billy. Thanks for inviting us on. Great that you've brought the uh, podcast on tour back up to North London, up into Margaret Thatcher territory, actually, um, back in the day. So um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, and watch uh, Liberal Nick squirm a bit tonight with his uh, opinions. Yes, it's right. I'm, I'm sure she's not listening, actually. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, that's the score. But listen, we were um, saying, I mean, we spoke about this before in the last couple of weeks. We were hanging out a couple of weeks ago, actually, uh, at another football match in another part of the world, actually, weren't we? That's right, yeah. We had a great time out in uh, Marseille with the Ultras and uh, managed to get along to uh, Marseille against Paris Saint-Germain. Had ourselves a good time over there, well looked after, and uh, invited back. Well, at least some of the England fans were invited back for the uh, Euros. <laughs> So it was all good, and uh, yeah, great memories, and uh, let's do it again. That's right, indeed, and I've got my tickets for the Euros as well, so I'm uh, looking forward to that. I'll be back in Marseille in a few months' time, so uh, yeah, plotting that up now. Still haven't booked me travel or anything like that, but, you know, take care of that later. We have got the Westbrook, Ian Westbrook, who does all our travel and uh, our previews on the Besotted um, website as well. Um, Ian? How are you doing? I know this is another local. In fact, you just live in that room right, right next to the bar here, don't you? Absolutely. 30 seconds away from this pub, yeah. It's yes. great to be here, Billy. Thanks for that. Still smiling after last night. 
it's nice to be at a Brentford game where after 70 minutes, you know we've won. You can actually relax and enjoy the last 20 minutes. That's right, and we're going to talk about that because there's all sorts of uh, talk on the, uh, the terraces about um, just things that have nothing to do with football, which is probably kind of sums up exactly where we're at at the moment now. But anything been going on in your life or in around you that's just taken your eye? Yeah, the other thing I know is football this week. Good to see Dean Holdsworth back in the game. I know he's been managing in non-league football, but to see him uh, going in at Bolton, hopefully um, saving them. Obviously a Brentford hero from uh, 92, so I'm glad he's back involved. Are you glad to also know the partners that he's working with? You know, I mean, he talks quite a lot about them, doesn't he? He does. Um, the names have slipped my mind at this second, but um, I'm just glad to see him uh, him back involved. Now, the names probably slipped your mind because he says, oh, excuse me, I cannot talk about the people because it's actually secretive and I can't say anything about anybody at all. So uh, it's great that Dean's in the game, but we'd probably like to know a little bit more about the characters he's working with and uh, exactly where they got their money Maybe from. Maybe he doesn't know either. <laughs> That is true, but I'm sure when we play Bolton in April, if he's down at that game, he'll get a really good reception when he uh, comes into the ground. So. I'm, sh- I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. But listen, good week, bad week. Or bad week, good week. Bad because we lost to Derby, good that we won to Wolves. A lot of people had a lot of things to say, and it's interesting. Obviously, these things contrasted what they said after the game on Saturday and what they said after the game on Tuesday. So let's go back to the pub to hear what people are ranting on about after the Wolves game and after the Derby game. Well, let's, uh, let's try and start this on a, on, a, on a slight positive. I thought for the first half, we were under so much pressure, I thought our defence performed well to keep it a nil-nil at half-time. And that is quite a, quite a uh, uh, well, it's a positive item to, to pick on. But you can't do that for 90 minutes. And we went one up, it was a bit of a, I'll be honest, I, I only saw half the goal in the corner of the eye, I was blocked. Very well it seemed taken. like a very well taken, but slightly freakish goal. But we got the leads. But then straight away again, we seem to be under a bit, more, a bit of pressure. We're playing a counter-attack. And if, if we're defending that hard for that long, sooner or later, we're going to run out of energy and we're going to start conceding. We get one off the line, they go and score at the other end. Don't let that cloudy vision. 3 ones were a very fair result today. No, I think we're 10 minutes to go, 1-0 down before. It's not looking good for us. But listen, we keep going for it. You keep going for it, you'll get the result at the end of the day. And uh, to come back a difficult place like Brentford... Uh, fair play to the players for once. When you look down, it's down. You know, and it almost feels like the final score is a bit of what we've needed. You know, maybe this is a turning point in our season now. Yeah, I don't think it's about manager. I think it's about the team. I think it's about confidence. And it doesn't matter who takes over. The team have got to be confident in the way they play. No manager's going to change that, only the team. I thought 2-1 um, up. Brentford were going to get an equaliser and I thought we were very lucky to win. Didn't think we deserved it as such. I thought a draw would have been a fair result but I'm not, I'm not going to diss the 3-1. The thing is though, I don't think we should kid ourselves. The first half we were poor and could easily have been already out of the game by half-time. Uh, we sort of had 20 minutes in the second half where we weren't too bad. For me, um, Vive came off Jurison came on, he stood around and he and I literally was standing around watching stuff um, when V-Bear kept their centre-backs relatively busy, if not in an attacking way, but at least you know, had kept them on their toes and then suddenly we just seemed to implode and uh, you know, I, you, you do sort of start defending from the front and that's what we failed to do um, literally from the minute that substitution was made. This is the problem now, is that we will not out, we're not going to batter our way out of this. The only way we're going to get out of this is by playing our way out of it. It's difficult, though, to play your way out of it when you're, when you're, when you, when you're lacking confidence. Wolves. I mean, I thought we looked much better today and it's strange to think how much influence like the confidence has on the game, but without being disrespectful, we played a team today that were 
worse than we were. I just think today, as Saturday, like we were saying earlier, he was picking players out of a hat, putting them wherever he thought they might, wherever the ball came out. But today he actually played players in the positions they're supposed to play in. I thought we looked dangerous with Canos and Swift for the best game I think I've seen him play for us. We looked lively down both flanks. Woods in the middle looked good. McCrackman looked good. I think playing players in their right positions is the only sort of revelation of tonight. And that Dean Smith has got it wrong for me so far. And today he actually got it right. It's going to do a whole lot for our confidence. And as a few people have said, the difference of confidence is massive, right? After the second goal went in, well, there was, there was a, little, it's a little bit of a spark after the first goal, and then it kind of died away. After the second one went in, we looked fantastic. Some of the passing was quick. It was, it was yeah, like, like we have played in the past, like we played last season, like we played in the season before. Quick, tight and assured, and we looked very comfortable on the ball. We were pressuring in midfield. We were going forward very well, and it all seems like just a tiny little bit of confidence from being 2-0 up. Well, I think he's, he tried a few things, hasn't he? So, Chef Wednesday thought, well, he tried the Hoffman experiment. Um, and then he tried the Unaris experiment against Derby. And today he went back to, I guess you could say, went back to basics. The non-experiment. The non-experiment and played players in their position. Um, I don't... He obviously thinks we're lightweight in midfield, which is why he's tried, which is why he has tried to s switch things around. Um, but if you can keep the ball and play around the other team, it's not so much of a problem. It becomes a problem when, when you're the one chasing the game. And today we controlled the game. Um, ultimately, this is this is probably because Wolves were poor, basically. So interesting difference of opinions there from the fans from the Derby game through to the Wolves game and I mean like I said it really was sort of doom and gloom after Derby we were getting a little bit worried I think people were, were looking back to the time when we were under Marinus and we couldn't really see when the next win was going to come from so a lot of people again you know you get in the pub you say exactly what you feel straight after the game but then after the Wolves game we were, we were going to see what he did and if, you know some people thought that the side was slightly experimental even though he did go back to basics but you know I'm going to have to tip me out and say you know, fair play to Dean Smith because, like, you know, you, there's a bit of pressure there, to be fair. There's a bit of pressure. And, uh, you know, for that game, he had to deliver, and he delivered what he needed to do. 3-0, you can't really argue with that. You know, some people might say, oh, it could have been better, we did this, that, the other. But I think that, you know, very much at times, Brentford played some good football. They, they went out there, and they just delivered against a wall side that, yeah, they weren't great. But, you know, Charlton weren't great last season, and they beat us 3-0, you know, at a time when we should have hammered them. So, fair play to them. So, I mean, but like I said, too, interestingly... Dean Smith, two different games, two different approaches, wasn't it, Greville? Yeah, the Derby approach, frankly, he went out not to be beaten. I think if he had offered him a goalless draw at the start of the game, he'd have taken it. We were 4-1, 4-1. We played like a very poor away team, in my view. Could have been five down at half-time. Never got a tackle. Beaten off the ball. Weak. But then when we scored... We played for 20 minutes. Derby were on, were on the uh, on the floor, but then our heads went, and we went 20, 30 yards deeper and deeper and deeper. The manager stood there on the touchline, didn't do much or didn't do anything to actually drive them up the pitch. We had some bad luck as normal, equalising goal, gave away another one. You know, the whole attitude against Derby was negative, whereas on yesterday 
he picked the right team he gave we had balance we had width we had pace and it was and he was brave Dean Smith was very brave last night because it could have gone horribly wrong as it happened we played a team that were there to be beaten and we beat them we beat them very very well so good on him for Tuesday shame on him for Saturday I mean I'm, I'm thinking to myself I'm thinking what's going I've been mean, thinking this for quite a few weeks is what's he thinking at the moment, Dean Smith, when he sits inside there and he sits in his office in Porter Cabin in, in Jersey Road and he's thinking, I'm going to plot these games up. Oh, this is what this is this is how I'm going to approach this. But w- what's his thinking? I mean, what was his thinking against Derby? Why did he feel that he needed to go defensive at home against Derby when that's kind of not what we do and that's not what we're about and we play a different style of football? Is, is there something that, 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 that I'm, I'm missing? He's caught between um, picking his best team and experimenting. And it, for, for, for whatever reason, the experiments don't seem to be paying off at all. You know, he, he tried to play the Hoff up front at Sheffield and then we had a player sent off, so, so that didn't happen. Um, we played Unaris, um, you know, in the middle and then Colin got injured, so Unaris has gone back. Some things have worked. I think, I think injury actually worked in his favour on, on Tuesday night where he had to play Unaris in his, in, his, in his more accustomed position and it gave the team a, a, a more sort of natural feel about it. Um, you know, we did, you know, there was, people were starting to take the pee a bit before and they were saying that he was picking his team like it was an FA Cup draw. You know, picking a name of a team, na- name of a squad member out, and then going, Nico Unaris will play at centre forward. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and you know, so we, I think there's a bit of meddling that's gone on that was unnecessary. But, but to say that, you know, we, you know, if he can't experiment now, then when can he? And and, and he needs to, he needs to know how some of these players are going to cope in real game championship time. And it's all right messing around on the on the training ground or development matches, but you know it's it's a cut and thrust of the championship when you find out about players. But you know I think we all find and we all we all were way more comfortable last night with um, a, a team that knew what they were doing. I mean, Dean Smith didn't have a pre-season obviously with Brentford, so he's kind of come there and he's sort of hit the ground running a little bit. Um, again, the thing that you would have think that if he's working with players day in and day out he'd know where they play and how they play and, and what the score is but maybe it's not as simple as that yeah I mean for me it's we've been here before leave the experimentation to the development squad you know try things out there whatever um, we've, we've, we've been from the Warburton age through to Dijkhausen experimentation central slow build up through the midfield doesn't work uh, Kazi comes in, goes back to the basics, goes back to a little bit of the Warburton style. It works for us. Okay, the run that Carsley had, the teams that we played, thankfully we're playing them again. That works for us. Let, let, let's do it. The, the, the direct attacking football, the, the, the tricks and flicks, the, the kind of intuitive knowledge of, of players knowing where each other are almost without even having to look up, the crossfield passing, not this slow build-up with, with you know tiny players trying to, trying to ticky-tacky and wear, wear teams down. It doesn't work for us. We've tried it out. Get the experimentation out of the system. Work with the tools you've got. Dean Smith has got pretty much the same players apart from Tarky uh, and Toombs now uh, that, um, that, that, that Carsley had. Um, so that's the Brentford way. Let's play it. And if we went out last night and got beaten but played that way, 
I don't think we, we there'll be much complaining going on. Right, I've got to give a devil's advocate here again because obviously Brentford play inverted commas the Brentford way. We did very well last season, but we did come up against a few brick walls, including Borough, who sussed us out, and other teams who sussed out how to play against us. Now, there's an argument, especially as interesting as Borough said to us, oh, you know, you're a good side, but you remind us of our Tony Mowbray side when we used to play really good football, but we only got to a certain level. And eventually we've actually changed it either IOTA to actually kind of be a little bit more effective, sometimes a little bit more dour, but also we do play good football at times. And I'm going to ask the question, is, is maybe Smith trying to work out, OK, you know, is there going to be two or three different ways that we play and who, who are these players that are going to play in this situation? And maybe you have to play in different ways against different teams I think it's hard for him because obviously he's not got any of his own players in yet he's only working with players who were at the club when he arrived um, he's not had the chance to I said, you know, get his own mould on, on the squad at the moment I think on Saturday given our record against the top teams this season he was scared of losing another game getting to one of those runs where you know how are we going to actually get out of it but last night he realised bringing Canos in just gave the team some energy I thought the first half on Saturday I was quite worried because we looked like a relegation team the body language was totally wrong players didn't just didn't they looked scared I thought improved in the second half and last night was much much better yeah yeah it was and, but this is the whole thing this is what kills me because Saturday and you it's almost like this whole thing and I think you mentioned it earlier <laughs> about this kind of top team bottle team thing is like are all the top teams we've had bad results against them all the bottom teams we've had good results against them and, and, and Tuesday's proven that that we've still won against the bottom teams to me Derby is that if we had them the mentality that they're playing like a bottom team we could have gone in there and we could have done them and this is this is where our, this, this is where my confusion comes in as to why he has done exactly the things that he did against him. But in the previous regime, we just attacked, 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 attacked. And like, but let them worry about us. Do not worry about the, po- the threat that they pose. Mm. Worry- and then by, when you do that and all things go for you that you hope they do, then you win. But, you know, I, th- I still think Derby are a better team than anyone gave them credit for. I think just because they were on a stinky run doesn't mean they were a stinky team. It just means that... You know, results haven't gone their way. They, they, they're a dangerous team, mate. <laughs> I sort of half agree with that. I think actually what we did on Saturday was we played Derby back into form. And I would suggest to you that probably you look at Derby's next few results and they'll go on a bit of a run and be back up there challenging for the playoff positions. Um, last night, though, Wolves were awful. They were, the worst, they were the worst team that we've played this season. Second worst. Franchise FC, MK Dons. I, I would, I, you know, I think they're on a par. You know, I thought MK were way worse, but but but, but Wolves were pretty dire. Yeah. I, mean, I was amazed at how I was amazed at how how, how bad Wolves were because um, you know they've given us they've given us a game in recent seasons and um, and last night they were nothing like the teams that they have been in the past. Kenny and what's interesting is the hotspot has just changed, hasn't it? I should think there are Wolves fans sitting around recording a podcast tonight saying, is it Kenny Jacket's time? Is it up? You know, they are. That a week ago, no, the there is, we were talking about Dean Smith. No, it's interesting because it, you, you're exactly right there. That, that is the word that is going around there. They're sort of saying is that um, are things changed for him because also, you know, the things, you know, there's a, there's a few things that have happened at Wolves. Obviously, um, their owner is all changed. So all of a sudden, it's like, you know, the money that they had hasn't happened. So that's the reason why they've had to sell up all their players. Um, so all of a sudden, Wolves aren't in that powerful position that they were, even though they get sort of 20 odd thousand fans. And it just goes to show you, you get 20 odd thousand fans and you've got all that money coming in. They've got all the corporate stuff and everything like that. But one little chunk comes out of their kind of whole setup and they're starting to s- struggle. They're playing against us, they're playing against Brentford, who, you know, we get 10,000. 
right? You know, we can't pay people over X amount of money. We still struggle. But it just goes to show you how it kind of like some little chink comes out of their armour and it evens things up to a certain extent, even though technically they're twice as big a team as Brentford are. But two years ago when we went up, Wolves came to Griffin Park and they mullered us 3-0. Things went for them, but they were much stronger than us. We've now come up to the championship and we've all, a lot of moaning, groaning going on. We've beaten Wolves, who are a much bigger team than us, a much bigger club than us, who have money that we can only dream of. We've beaten them three times out of four, and we were robbed by a refereeing decision of beating them at, at, at Molyneux. So I think you've got to put things into context. And Andre, and Andre oh my, don't, don't ruin a very <laughs> nice evening about that. Was it two yards out, hit the post from Saunders Cross? Jackets off, yeah? Yeah. So what I'm saying is, keep things in, into perspective. Um, yeah, things haven't been great the last month, but actually things are wonderful. There you go. I'm going to get hammered. You look at the resource here. You look at the subs Derby brought on the second half on Saturday. Chris Martin, Tom Ince, you know, um, Blackman. They're players that we can't afford to have. Wage we don't want to pay, which is the correct thing. You know, they've got the, the power in that squad that we haven't got. So that was, I think Dave's right. You know, the fact they are definitely in the false position. They've had a bad run, but they've got a much superior squads some of those players you know, they've got Premier League half their squads played in the Premier League we haven't got that experience at the moment I mean just coming back to I mean, just coming to the Barbie game it's interesting let's just talk about players as well because we talked about how Dean Smith flipped the script a little bit but also I mean we talked about a few of the players there and you know we think that you know Dean Smith may be looking at a few players who he thinks he might be able to take under his wing and take to another level um, I, I, the, the key for me is how we play on Saturday. Um, will Dean Smith persevere with the same team? Will he decide to mix it up a bit in terms of a different? Will he become known as the sort of the Brentford Tinkerman? Uh, I hope not, because I think last night we saw that uh, a team that plays the Brentford in inverted commas style of football and what what it can do, and we can go on another good run. Um, and you know, last week I got criticised for, for hammering into Dean Smith. What I was not saying was that he he should be sacked there and then. What I was saying was I remain to be uh, I remain to be convinced that he was the right man for for the Brentford way. Now last night he did he he made changes and encouraged the team to play a style of football that gave me some optimism. But you, you know a one off isn't good enough. We we're playing Rotherham, we're playing Charlton, we're playing Rangers. We need to go on a little run, playing the decent football that is, before I will be 100% convinced that Dean Smith is the right man. So do you think, basically, Dean Smith is actually sitting in the port cabin in Jersey Road saying, Jesus Christ, I need to impress Liberal I've heard this Liberal Nick's the one to impress, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, know. I, think, I think the two performances also showed how, how you could have markably different performances in, in, in squad members as well. I thought um, if you, on Saturday there was... Things that didn't quite work. Unaris didn't work in the middle. I thought Unaris had an exceptional game on Tuesday night. Um, I thought Woods uh, was much, much better back in the middle of the park. Um, Canos was... Uh, well, I, I think um, Swift didn't come into the game at all on Saturday when he was brought on. I think he needs to... Play, I think he's a starter. He has to start. He needs to get up to... He, he can't be thrust into the game. He has to get... He needs to start a match before he's actually effective. And I thought Jurisin as well, you know, although he didn't score again, and I, and I hoped he would, um, when, he, when he brought on, he, he, actually, he actually sucked the energy out of the team. Last night... He, he had chances as well. Last night he did have chances, yeah. 
Um, so I, I, I think that you, if you get the formation right, we t- and, and, and also I've got, I have to say, Kirschbaumer, when he came on, he played very well. He, 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 he made really good runs with the ball. His passing was excellent. Um, it does make me think that Kirschbaumer is a slight luxury in so much that he will only ever look good in a winning team that's all out attack. But... I think we we need to, we we I think a lot of fans needed to see him play well and they, he did play well when he came on last night. And I think this is the question that I'm asking is like and I was trying to bring it into it is, is Dean Smith looking at this team okay he hasn't had a chance to bring in his own players yet but you know you've got a few players out there who are sort of kind of semi wildernessy like and I'm saying I mean Nico for a start a sort of semi wildernessy he was like in he was now they sent him over to Wickham for a bit or we brought him back because they they don't want him anymore you know what do we do with him now. And whether or not Dean Smith looked at him and thought, I'll tell you something, lad, like I said to you before, and put his hand over his shoulder, I'm going to make you something. KK is a, is a player who's brought in for a particular reason. He wasn't necessarily meant to start for Brentford, but because of the injuries, he was thrown into it, and everyone said, what the hell is he doing? We've got no idea. He's like a headless chicken running around all over the place, loads of energy, but not directing it anywhere. But I'm wondering again if this is something that Smith's turned around and thought, I'll tell you something, the KK... I'm going to make you into something, like you know. Yeah, I mean, special play. That's, special that's play. right. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a special. Yeah. Can't beat that. But we've got three more years of him, so he needs to be nurtured. He needs to be nursed through. And there are signs, there are glimmers from KK that there is a footballer in there, but there certainly isn't a wide left footballer. He has to play centre midfield. But there's someone else. I mean, Nico. I'm very happy to give him three year contract because he's a good player. But the one that concerns me at the moment is McEachran. Because you look at the engine room of the team, and on Saturday, um, you looked at Yanaris, but let, 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 let's look at Woods, Woods and McEachran. They never got near the ball. They were harried off the ball, they were harassed, they were beaten up. Yesterday, they were given time and space, and they flourished. And the, the whole game stemmed from those two. Rotherham will be a battle. And I want to see if McEachran is up for a battle. Because he said when he came into the team, I'm there to pick up the ball from the goalkeeper and spray the ball around. Well, lately, the only way he'll pick up the ball from Button is when it comes out the back of the net. So, really, is he up for a fight? Because Rotherham will be a fight. And if he is, and he did make more tackles than anyone else last night, looked at the stats, then we're in a good shape. So, I think, um, you know, Dean Smith has come in. Um, he's inherited a team. He's inherited a certain style. Um, he's come in possibly, you know, looking him up after the Warsaw days. Warsaw fans said he hasn't got a plan B. He doesn't really know what to do, you know, off the, the side of, you know, a certain way of playing football. He wants to stamp his own authority on the team. He wants to put his own mark on it. He doesn't want to just be the Warburton Mark II or the Kazi Mark II. That's fair enough. But the experimentation thing, you know, okay, get it out of the system, like I said before. The main thing with football, it's a beautifully uh, simple game. You need a certain style, you need a certain way of setting up, you need certain tactics and certain formation. You need to breed confidence in your players. Uh, KK, Jurisin, uh, you know, you, you get a couple of win and wins under your belt, people feel s- uh, comfortable with a consistent system. And from that, the wins come, the draws come, the, the unlucky losses come. But at least you have a team identity, uh, the fans get behind, and, and you push on from there. Not this mucking around too much that, that's been going on recently. Showed me what a fine margin it is again. You know, you, you've gone from quite a quite a sort of depressing uh, feeling following Derby to quite an uplifting one. Knowing, you know, again, knowing your limits. But I think what what last night showed was, oh, we're not a million miles away from having a really good team. And and it when when you set the team up right and you've got the players playing in their right positions, 
it becomes a little bit clearer to work out what it is we need now to, to turn this back into a really, really threatening promotion team. So so the question is now, if everyone's playing their right positions and we're, we're actually looking like a, a threatening attacking team again who can score goals, what do we need now to bring to this team that's going to put us back on track and take us to another level? To my mind, we need a striker. I know we're not, you know, January didn't want to spend money on players that necessarily would be overpriced. But I'm not, the, all the strikers we've got have got different qualities. None of them, in my mind, have replaced Andre Gray. And we really need somebody who, who we can guarantee us 10 12 goals a season playing up front, I think. That's what we need. And this is where the directors of football come into play because now they can see a team playing hopefully the same 11, 13 players, as it were, playing in a formation for the rest of the season, and that will allow them to identify where the gaps are and how they can fill those gaps and who they should be going after in the summer transfer window. So it's almost, Dean Smith has got to get the team playing in the Brentford way, has got to stick with a settled team. I mean, sure, there'll be a few little squad rotations, but not too many, I hope. And then the directors of football have got to look at the pattern, got to look at the style, got to look at what's evolving, and say, right these are the four players that we need to get in the summer that will make us next year into the playoff contenders that we should be Brentford's midfield pitbulls or chihuahuas recently an article written by the man to the left of me drinking the cognac and the cigar Greville Waterman he wrote that on your BFC Talk blog recently. You had an article all about pit bulls and chihuahuas. Basically, you were talking about whether or not our midfield is, 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 is tough or whether or not it's, it's, it's wimpy and, and, what, and what we want. Do we want a technical midfield? Do we, do we want a, a tough midfield? Do we want a balance between the two? I mean, talk us through that, Griff. Yeah, it all came about reading an article by Tony Cascarino in The Times this week when he talked about the championship and he said something like, it's dog-eat-dog dog in the championship and every team needs a few pit bulls. Then I remembered... Bradley Johnson on Saturday, rampaging through the, bestriding the midfield like a colossus. Players bouncing off him, a couple of hours giving him a very wide berth as well. I didn't notice McEachran or Kirschbaumer sort of getting anywhere near him. I don't blame them. And this guy is a monster. He's a beast because he can play football. He hits the ball from 30 yards like a shell and players bounce off him. That's why he costs six million quid. That's why we don't have anyone like him. However, when we do have someone like him, a Jonathan Douglas, we, we get rid of him for reasons that we don't need to go into around this table. But I still feel there is the view that we don't need a player like that. Um, we will triumph by playing lovely, pretty football, whereas now I think you have to fight to win the right to play football, and we have no one who can do that. Then, of course, last night we we're all around them without, without needing it so I'm concerned that we're a bit soft in midfield, that's all I'm saying we have chihuahuas not pit bulls and that's something that needs to be rectified in the summer End well, I think this little feature should be called chihuahuas, pit bulls or Alsatians <laughs> because w- before the game <clears throat> funny enough we were talking about the possibility of playing Colin in a central midfield position Colin, beca- Colin because he can obviously clearly he can defend Clearly, he can attack. He's, he can use both feet. He can win the ball in the air, and I think he's he's got captain material. So, unfortunately, he's injured. But you know, I, we, we didn't. We, 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 no, no. Well, he's, he's only injured for a couple of weeks, not for the rest of his life. 
Um, so we, we, we're thinking possibly, you know, if we're going to experiment, that, that wouldn't be a bad one. If Nico had a, a really good game at fullback last night, maybe to, 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 to work him into the team. So, yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think you're right. We, we, we need someone with bite. Basically, we need someone who can defend in the middle of the park. And so, well. so, so, yeah, but and, and can you tell me one reason why Colin doesn't fit all those bills? I think you're getting into experimentation uh, territory again here. I do, I do think that you know, obviously we didn't, we didn't land Evans. He's the kind of player that we wanted, so you have got to work with the tools that you got. We probably don't want to bring anyone in on loan. Um, what would be the point in that to the end of the season? Um, yeah, maybe give it a try. Um, it, uh, it, it, it says to me that we're still trying to work out our best kind of lineup and best best formation, but we're certainly missing those qualities but in centre midfield. Definitely, but Alan McCormack from centre from centre mid to, to right back that was an experimentation and, and, it, and it worked, didn't and, it? And Bielend, if he hadn't got injured, Bielend can play centre mid and he can and he can play left and he can play centre. So you know, a defender can play in the middle if they've got the technical skills, and Collins showed he can. I think we, we're definitely missing Douglas. He's one of the big... Of all the players who've left, last season he made such a big contribution both ends of the field. We definitely haven't replaced him in midfield. I think when we're in the summer, that is one of the first positions, as well as strikers, as I said earlier, that we need to fill. Yeah, we have got McCormack there to come back, and I, I, I wonder whether you can actually make, move McCormack back from right back into the centre mid. Uh, I, I quite liked him when he when he played there. I thought you know he he could give us the bite and the bark that is needed. But uh, go, go making the point. Let's not mess around too much. We might have found a formula that works for the time being. Let's stick with that and see where we go. I mean, it's interesting. You talk about McCormack. You know, you talked about Douglas. I mean, Douglas. You know, particularly sort of earlier Douglas. I mean, to the back end, obviously, of, of his life at Brentford, he he kind of did peter out a little, little bit to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, but still, you know, players like Douglas and. You know, when you mention these players, you, you, you're talking about sort of you know quite tough players, quite tough, players that people don't want to mess around with on the pitch. And I still hark back to the days of Terry Terry Herlock, you know. Well, or, this is what I'm coming back to now. Eddie you know, you know, and thinking actually, well, we have moved on a bit from there, which is the good thing. I, I basically, think, what know. we're saying, we need another bearded Irishman. <laughs> That's that's what we're really saying. I mean, just I mean, let's let's just talk about it because the, I mean, Brentford have, 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 are trying to sort of move on in their style of football, like you know what I'm saying. But. It's really funny because we've got such warmth when we think about these players like Terry Herlock, like you know what I'm saying, or, or you're about Finney, or, or Talbot, like you know what I'm saying. I mean, Greville, I mean, how would you see one of those players now fitting into our side currently? Well, they wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but Tom Higginson, you know, someone like him, there would be this cordon sanitaire around him. No one would go anywhere within 10 yards of this guy because he was a threshing machine. <laughs> but he played within his limitations. He'd win the ball, and he'd just give it to the nearest red and white shirt. Shame we were away playing in green. But no, he was a wonderful player because he, he he won everything. And I still feel that if we could get a destroyer who can play, and that's the point, it's no use getting someone that wins the ball and then gives it away. Then I feel you know <laughs> that's a gap that we have to fill. And I don't think Alan McCormack is up to it. I'm afraid. Wasn't, wasn't jo- uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Josh McCreckran thought that he could possibly do that role? Am I, or am I talking real rubbish? 
you're talking real rubbish. He's definitely a more technical player. And he played out in Holland. Uh, in, interestingly, Marinus was very excited about um, the Kikron being in the side because he knew him from playing at, um, when he did in Holland. Yeah, and, and, he's got, he's, and he's going to show you that he is, he, he is technically, you know, when they talk about him splaying the balls about when he played at, um, at Preston and stuff like that. You know, he, he, he is a good player. But again, you know, the question that you've got to ask, and you know, coming back to it, and we keep going on about this experimentation. We shouldn't experiment. We should experiment. I'm not being funny. It's like the end of February. We got till April, May. We're not going to go down. We're not going to go up. You know, as long as the I don't know, as long as the fires. That's that's how you get these little gems that appear that you may not know may be there, though, isn't it? It does, it does give them freedom to, to to kind of express themselves with without wholly the pressure on. Maybe we maybe we can do that now. You know. Players did flourish, like people like Toombs. You know, are we, I think we miss him a bit still. Um, uh, I, I, that's why. That's why I'm not. I'm going to go back to playing Colin in the middle again because you know, if, if, if it's okay to play other fullbacks in the middle, then it's it's okay to play him there. And I, and I, I, I at the moment for the rest of the season, I'd rather give Yunaris game time. And give him the confidence to be a really championship level fullback, and give him that game time. We know Collins, and he's an international standard player, but I think he could be the next captain of Brentford. I don't see the next. I don't. I don't think um, Bidwell is captain potential. I think I love him as a player. He he, he played on through the pain barrier last night. He, he could have he could have wimped off. He he, he, he was crocked for the last ten minutes. He played on. Um, I don't see Dean as uh, as a, as, a, as, a, as a, your, your 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 proper captain. I think he's he's a leader, but I I, I think Colin could could be the player. And I we got Barbe to come back into that team as well this Saturday. Um, he's talking when we got Barbe. Yeah, so I mean, I, you know, I, I, we we have got we still got options, and um, I, I think you know we just need to be intelligent in them, not being random in them. And I think we, I think Tuesday night showed that we've got the basis of a really good team still, but we need to be intelligent with our calculate, with our gambles now, with our experimentation. Experiment still, but don't don't do it randomly. Uh, experiment, okay, all right. Look, um, experiment, but at least keep us competitive. That's a thing that we lacked. We got bashed up at Brighton. We got salvaged at Sheffield Wednesday. We got okay, not so similar to Middlesbrough. But you see where I'm going with this. Um, that is depressing. That that does not get confidence up. That does not get the fans uh, on side. That gets fans talking about not making away trips and not even turning up at Griffin Park. That's not what you want. So do it in moderation. Don't make wholesale changes. There is a certain way, a certain formula, a certain thing that seems to work in this division. It might not get might not get as very uh, the points against the, uh, the, the the teams in the top. Three, six, nine, but um, at least keep us competitive and keep us going to the end of the season, and uh, and make players want to come and play for us in the summer when we, we open the transfer window and, and we want to go looking. I think that's spot on. It's being competitive. It's playing Brentford foot Brentford way. We'd lost it. We got it back last night. I'm concerned though. At the end of the season, we're going to have to replace Judge. We're going to have to replace Swift. We're going to have to replace Canos. We're going to have to replace hopefully all three of the strikers. We are going to need to spend serious money on... on well, I'm coming on to that, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm the harbinger of doom here. We're going to have to spend money on players that create things and score goals, and they're the most expensive. I'm going to hit you with a couple of other things now. I honestly feel 
that there is every chance that we will have to sell Button and Bidwell at the end of the season because I can't see them signing a new contract. If I was them, I wouldn't, unless I'd investigated every other option. And one last thing... Oh, loyal. No, I'm being, I'm being objective. <laughs> it's my job to be objective. Is Canos. Maybe Yanaris has been signed for three years because they feel that they might get an offer for Canos they can't turn down. I'm, that's just hit me in the last ten minutes, so you can hit me now. So all I'm saying is that we're going to have a we're going to have a big job at the end of the season to replace a lot of good players. Not Canos, Colin, Colin, Colin. I apologise, Colin, Colin. The only thing I would say with that Greville is that really is scorched earth policy because I think you just pretty much said we're selling the entire team (laughs) in the summer. Not through choice. Not through choice. So that the entire team will walk off. Well, no. I mean, some of them are tied into longer-term contracts than no. that. I mean, for instance, Jurisson, actually, I don't think will get... I mean, I have this theory about Jurisson that, that actually he's, he's, he's a bit like our Wayne Rooney, is that Wayne Rooney is famous for taking a while to get back, recover and get back into real goal-scoring form after an injury. And I think Jurisson is, is going that. I mean, he, he missed a couple of pretty open sitters last night... But, you know, I can see him as the weeks go by and he's playing regularly in the first team, him actually putting away those chances that he missed last night. So he could be coming back into, into some real real form. But I think, you're, you know, I, I worry that you're telling that we're going to have to find another 11 players. Phil Giles and Rasmus will really be having a sleepless night now after this. I think, I, think it's, I think it's quite nice to know that the players that left here are still worth money yeah, to someone else but you know I, I, I can't see them all going and, and, I, and I see it's about um, re, replenishing rather than, than, than selling if, if, we're, if we sell another five players we're, we're a league one team it's only doomsday scenario if players won't sign new contracts that's what I'm saying Judge won't sign a new contract he'd be mad to but Button and Bidwell who knows who knows but if they don't we have to sell them before next Christmas. It's as simple as that. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but all I'm saying is we have to recruit well. We are going well. to have to get used to this. It's going to be a constant turnover. It's going to be a constant state of insecurity and other other teams coming in for our players. That I, I think that's the landscape going forward. Nothing's really going to change unless we get to the Premier League and we get the colossal 150, 170 million quid. That's, that's pretty much our business plan, really. Is that's to, fine. Is to find, nurture, sell, find, replace. 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 We'll we keep one step ahead. Either that or we, we're so bad that we're sort of like in Charltonist territory that no one wants to buy our players at all. No. And I, I suspect that Brentford is still a pretty attractive proposition for players from lower divisions who see a pathway, who see them being put in the shop window, who see them being well coached to play football in the right way and I, I have no problem I mean if, if you said to me that judges go, Judge goes and we replace him with Kmar Roof I'd be very happy he's a cracking player he's the nearest I've seen to a judge if we can recruit like that then the players that we can't afford to keep will all be replaced adequately and well I think, I think fans are slowly starting to, to understand where we're at as a club now and there's been it's been a lot of kicking and screaming. There's been a lot of posturing, but e- even the most even the most kind of out there, um, you know, commentators on our club are now kind of slowly getting to understand the evolution. It's not you. you it, it isn't ever black or white. It's grey a lot of the time, and we we, we we have to we have to just do it 
our way, otherwise it's gonna we're gonna go pop. And going pop, there is no club. The Pride of West London podcast on tour yet again. North London, we're in the Elephant Boozer. North Finchley, just down from Tally Ho Corner as well. Tally Ho, what's that all about? Who, who named Tally Ho Corner Tally Ho? You, you don't think about it. But yes, the Elephant Boozer. But we just thought about this. We're just trying to go into bees mode, trying to lighten things up a little bit. And we figured, as we sit here in the elephant, is there, as an elephant never forgets, is there a moment, a Brentford moment, that you have never forgotten? Greville. Okay, it's not going to be Peterborough or anything like that. It was taking my son to Leeds last February when we were naive and thought we were going to go up. And we played Leeds off the park. We silenced 25,000 rabid animals. We came away with a 1-0 win. Everything in the garden was lovely. Taking your boy to football, being in the top three of the league, the premiership was on its way and everything in the garden was lovely. That's my memory. That's, that's, a, that's a lovely uh, moment, Gribble, that you shared with us there. So this is all good. Nick? Mine uh, goes back 40, perhaps 41 years to the first time that I was ever told off by a policeman because I was standing at the back of the Royal Oak and was joining in a chant that involved some four-letter words and I was told by the policeman who used to stand at the back of the Royal Oak, and I think there were three of them, didn't there? There weren't there. That somebody of my age should not know words like that. And when and I was joining in the songs, had a really good time, and that's what made me feel that Brentford was my home and where I never left it since. Laney. Well, I, I need the violins for this one because it's, it's another it's another son son dad moment. I have to say. Um, Cambridge away, 1999. Um, my son was there, but not born yet. It, it was, uh, I think, Joe was about six months, seven months pregnant, and seeing Seb there last night um, with just with his mates. He goes without me now. Um, it was just, yeah, just very proud that um, he was he was there at one of our one of our promotions and without well a lot a lot of thumb screws have been out since then but he's a proper bee now and um, the old baton has been passed down a generation so it's something I'll never forget you need the hour tune music playing over <laughs> I'm going to go back into the uh, the memory banks here massively. Um, yeah, so early 90s um, I remember Brentford uh, Division 2 as what was the time uh, playing uh, Tranmere at Griffin Park in the uh, playoff semi-final I couldn't go because it was my sister's Holy Communion I had to go to church I had to do all this family meal stuff but I managed to get away from that about um, 20 minutes before the end of the game so ran down to Griffin Park age 12 I think I was um, in my Sunday best I'm talking suited and booted Kevin Godfrey popped up with a last minute equaliser I remember running on the pitch I remember jumping for joy. I remember just being absolutely ecstatic. And, of course, you know, we all know what happened next. But that, for me, from a very young age, got me definitely into the mindset of the roller coaster that is supporting Brentford FC. And God, do we love it. Indeed. Indeed. Ian? Yeah, mine is qualifying for Wembley for the Freight Rover Trophy Fund, 1985. That Newport game, the Gary Roberts goals, either side of the halftime. You know, all the years of, of being at school. You're a Brentford fan. Who are Brentford? And finally, us going to play at the National Stadium. 
the fact we knew again, like last time we knew the game was over, that to me, that was my moment. Excellent, yeah, and, you, and a few memories come back for me because, you know, you talk about the, the Newport game, the, the, the Bournemouth game before that for me was fantastic, great moment as well when we came back from 2-all two, two and 3-2, and also the Kane Laney talked about the Cambridge game, which was great as well because we were all by the river in our uh, bowler hats and stuff like that, um, just by the river and the Brentford team came past. Well, that was a great moment, but one moment that I'm going to say, which I remember, which has got nothing to do with anything, it's rather bizarre, is uh, back in the day when I used to hitchhike to football matches and I actually hitchhiked to a match and I ended up from I think hitchhiked from Brighton got all the way to the uh, the, the the service the memory service station it was and I got there and I was waiting for the hitchhike and a, and a load of Brentford um, fans turned up at the service station um, I was with my mate Paul and we said, oh, OK, you know, I said, look, where you going? So we get the Newport for the game. I said, I'll oh, jump in, Bill. We said, we, we can't jump in the car because their car, there's already, f- I think, four of them in the car. And obviously there's six of us in total. So one of the guys, I won't mention his name, remember, he said, don't worry about it, Bill. So he opened the boot, he jumped in the boot, he jumped in the car, and we drove down the motorway to Newport, which I think was bizarre enough. And every time we could say, well, you're right there, mate? And he just knocked on it, he goes, yeah, I'm fine. You know, so we just drove to Newport. But then we got out of Newport, I remember, then another guy, I mean, he was a little bit drunk at the time, he just got out the car went inside he says I'm just going off somewhere went into the off license we decided to walk off towards the ground next minute we heard these bells ringing and he came out with a crate of beer and the uh, the alarm had obviously gone off and then about 10 minutes later the police car came and he was in the back of the police car and he's been taken off so he'd, uh, it was a bit of a bizarre moment I remember there's a, there's a way game where uh, we got a hitchhike and then somebody else got nicked for stealing a crate of beer from the local off license. I was going to say, for all of those moments, apart from your one, are, are covered extensively in the 125 Years Brentford book, <laughs> um, which can be bought from legendspublishing.net or from the club shop. But your one, mate, didn't cut it because it's illegal. <laughs> so, big game Saturday. Rotherham is in the mire. They're in the relegation zone, pretty much. Brentford seems to have got out the mire, but still very important game as we go up to West Yorkshire. We need to find out a little bit more um, from a friend of ours, Chris Saxon, otherwise known as Axon Miller, based up in Modern Way or up Northway. And uh, he's been with the journey with us. Obviously, they got promoted the same way we did, so we've been talking to him for the last few years now. And uh, he's going to give us a little bit more of an SP on why they've been changing their managers and what's been going on down the road. Chris, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good, thanks. Yeah, very good. Uh, not so good from a footballing uh, point of view at the minute. No, no not, so, I mean, not so good. I mean, obviously, like I said to you, you've got manager, and then you change your manager, and then you change your manager again. I mean, what's, what's been going down there? Uh, three managers in a season is never very good, is it? If, you, um, if you're going to get any consistency. Um, we had the uh, famous Steve Evans in charge, who was... We thought he was doing okay, and then out of the blue, he was um, replaced by Neil Redfern. Yes. Uh, seemingly because of this, the chairman said that um, he wanted to go down a different route. Steve Evans had never been very interested in um, bringing through our own players, just simply changing the whole squad every close season. Yeah. Neil Redfern came in, good youth coach at Leeds, came in to do a job, allegedly, or well, uh, proposedly to, to be given a, a long-term um, brief to bring on our own players uh, and, and try and keep us in the championship. Clearly, that oh. didn't work. I mean, I, I, I don't think he was given very long, but clearly, I think I think no. Tony Stewart actually, I think he's panicking a little bit. I think, um, and I think it was it was more desperation that he was dismissed, and now we've got. Um, 
wily old Neil Warnock in charge. Well, well, listen, I'm going to pass you around the table. Okay. Listen, I've got the characters that are going to go for a few bullet point questions. going to ask some okay. questions, some quick-fire answers on here. This is Greville, Greville Waterman. Hi, Chris. Nice to Hi, talk yeah. to you. Yeah, and so, you, yeah. Neil Warnock, last uh, roll of the dice, or is there really a chance of getting you out of it? It's, it's the last roll of the dice. I think I think most um, Rotherham fans think uh, if he can't do it, nobody can do it. Uh, he's not started well, uh, but it's very difficult to come in um, at, at, at this late stage of the season. Uh, transfer windows really closed, apart from loans, and it's it's a it's a very difficult brief, really. I think. Um, yeah. I mean, we're six points adrift now. Saturday's a massive game for us, massive. Sure. I mean, if we if we were to lose that and um, MK Dons were to win, I mean, we could be nine points adrift with 12 games left. That's not good, is it? OK, well, we'll see. Let me pass you on to Nick. Okay, I'll, hold on a second. Yeah. Chris, good evening. Good uh, evening. Quick yes or no answer. Steve Evans, miss him or uh, want him back? Um... Missing because of the consistency. Uh, we, you, you knew what you were getting with Steve Evans. I mean, we were doing okay when he left. Uh, I think, I think, ooh, I think, I'm, I think we miss him. In my, in my opinion, we miss him. I think had, had he still been in charge, we'd have probably been uh, doing a little bit better. Okay, I'll pass you on to Dave. Thank you. Hey, up, Chris. Um, Hello, Hello, mate. Just um, a very. I mean, obviously, when the fixture list came out. You weren't looking for the Brentford game and we weren't looking for the Rotherham game. But it's quite an important one for both of us. You need the three points a little bit more than us, don't you? We do. It's, uh, I think it's, it's, it, it could be sort of last chance to loom, really, this, this Saturday. I mean, I think it's that important. I think if we were to lose and MK Dons were to win, I mean, nine points. I've just said to a, uh, one of your um, mates there that, you know, nine points adrift with 12 games, it's looking pretty hopeless, really, then. So it's, it's a must-win, really. It really uh, is a must-win. Are, are the Rotherham fans the only people that aren't demonstrating in Rotherham at the moment? <laughs> That's right, yeah. OK, yeah, mate. I mean, I'm going to pass you over. I'll pass you over to Darren. Uh, OK. All right, Chris. Good to talk to you, mate. Yeah. So, listen, you're six points off safety. Um, bit late in the day. Obviously, you've got Brentford, then you've got the local derby, certain uh, fixture coming up. Yeah. And a few tricky ones. What? What realistically are your prospects for the season? Um, well, I mean, while ever there's hope, I think I think Neil Warnock. If anybody's going to get us out of this mess, it could be Neil Warnock. I yeah. think he. Um, I think there was a an, um, an element of sort of dismay in his uh, post-match interview uh, after we lost to Reading last night. Um, he's criticised the fitness levels, the level of quality, which we all know we lack. Yeah, and I think Brentford is looked on, and it's no disrespect to Brentford because I mean I quite like Brentford. I mean I've, I've had a lot to do Thank with you. the guys <laughs> over the years, but no disrespect to you. But we we look on Brentford as being one of the games that is winnable that we have got yeah. left. Yeah, yeah. And uh, tell me this: Will the Chuckle Brothers put an appearance in on Saturday? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. They're usually there. I mean they're they're, they're pretty much most of the time on and off. Um, I mean, it's, it is, it, but it's such a big game, you know. I mean, um, I think if we were to lose, we've got Sheffield Wednesday, we've got Derby, we've got Middlesbrough, we've got Ipswich. It's looking a bit, <laughs> a bit grim to say the least. 
But yeah, with Neil yeah, Warnock, yeah. you know, you never know. I mean, but yeah. he's brought some players in. He's brought a lot of old hands in, and, and I think maybe they're probably too old. <laughs> All right, mate. We're, good luck with that. Okay then. Chris, hi, Ian here. Now then. Yeah, it's a big question. Are you going to stay up or not? I think not. I think I think we've. Um, I think we lost the two games we needed to win when Neil Redfern was in charge. I went to both of them. We lost at home to Charlton 4-1, which was unbelievable, yeah. really. And yeah. we lost at Bolton 2-1. I was at Bolton. And how we lost that, I mean, I'll never know. I mean, we should have won that. Bolton were absolutely dreadful. I mean, they really were. And I think no, we lost those two games, and I think that's really put us in the mire. With all the difficult games and fixtures we've got coming up, we have to win Saturday. So let's, let's, let's win that and see where we are. Right, well, we wish you good luck in staying up, but after Saturday. Here's Billy. Yeah, good. Listen there, mate. Listen there. You've got the full round table there. So, yes, Saturday, good. big big match between us. Uh, hopefully, you know, you're not going to kick us off the park because uh, we don't like being kicked off the park. We'd be prefer if you try to play football to be harder with you. Um, so, if you could just do that for us, we'd be very grateful, Chris. We'll try. I mean, um, I mean, I've seen Brentford recently. I mean, on TV. I mean, they've, they've picked up. I mean, they had a, a little bad, bit of a bad run. They, they've sold most of their, what I would say, the better players. They've got rid of those and new manager and all the rest of it. But they do try to play football, and they have picked up. I mean, they had a good win last night, didn't they? I mean, three 0 was excellent. Fantastic uh, win last night, yes. But I, I think we will try and play football. Um, we have. A, I mean, we, we had. <laughs> We ended up with nine men against Burnley in the last home game, so you never know, with Neil Warnock in charge, you know. He's talking about playing three up front against Brentford, would you believe? Oh, excellent. <laughs> three up front. Well we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll we'll quite happily have that, actually. So, yeah. let the three up front. But Chris, give us a score prediction for the, that match on Saturday. Score prediction, 3-1 uh, three, to us. 3-1 three, Millie. 3-1 three, to, to Rotherham? Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. confident we'll win this one on Saturday. 2-0 to the Mighty Bees. But listen, Chris, the at-home yeah. Miller, good chatting to you again, and uh, we'll touch base after the game to see whether or not our results match okay. up exactly what we say. And enjoy the trip, enjoy the game, but not too much. Oh, I mean, nice idea. And enjoy your beer. Take care. Okay. Bye. 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 So, Rotherham fan, Chris, the at-home Miller, not particularly confident about their prospects for Saturday and for the rest of the season which is probably good news for us, but then sometimes when it's too good news for us, we get a little bit complacent. So we can't get complacent against Rotherham. We need to go out there and get the three points. So I'm going to go around the table here quickly because we're not going to talk about that match because we don't know much. He's, t- he's told us everything we need to know. We just need to know how confident we are as Brentford fans of getting some sort of result from this game. Greville. Well, we've beaten them three times running, so 1-1. One, one. As long as we don't tinker with the team, 2-1 Brentford. Maybe. I'm really happy with the draw, one all. DCB. I think we're going to smash them 3-1. And Mr. Ian W. I'm going one all as well. I don't like predicting wins. I get accused of tempting fate, so one all for me. 2-0 to the bees myself. Keep it nice and sweet. Listen, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, and it's glad that we've actually got our tails up in the air, our peckers back. We're, all, we're slightly more delighted than we were a week ago today, um, which is fine. You know, this is football, goes in ups and downs, and, you know, fair play. Take me out, Dean Smith, he's done it, got the business, got the team playing, got the team playing with a bit of a smile on their face, got the fans smiling as well. Let's hope he can keep it up on Saturday. 
We've come here from the Elephant in North Finchley. They've done this proud, done very lovely pub. If you're ever here, just pop in and just say hello to the characters behind the bar and they'll say, what are you talking to me for? I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> We are the Brentford. Yeah, we are the best. Listen, just subscribe to us. You get the next podcast downloaded straight after the game on Saturday from Rotherham and also next week, also on YouTube. You can check us out beside Brentford. And like I said, on Audio Boom, you've got our podcast as well. It's been a good week overall, we'd say, because we learned a lot from this week. Brentford fans are happy, got a smile on our faces, which is all good. We're going to roar the team on on Saturday. But before they roar, in North Finchley, we're going to say that something that they're going to be confused about because the nearest team to this is Barnet. So if we say that, they'll say, great, there's some Barnet fans in the house because we'll say, come on, you bees. Come on, you real bees. Real bees, no real bees. bees. Not you fake bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.